You were just saying that your book's not a Fifty Shades of Grey success. Yeah, yeah. My, you, my, you left out all the parts where you uh, put clamps on Katie's nipples. And <laughs> yeah, I did tied the, him up. It would have. No wonder better. he was mad at you. Yeah, yeah you wanted that in there. Um, <laughs> I guess I'm saying part of his masochistic streak is needing it to be published, needing his sex to be published. Well, it's like the book is. What I'm saying is the book is doing well, but I feel almost like I'm on a bicycle. Uh, that powers my house and the lights are going to turn off unless I if I stop pedaling. So I just <laughs> have to keep, keep going. I have to keep doing keep interviews, pedaling. keep selling the book. Uh, ah, the victory machine. It's a quarantine dream, folks. A quarantine dream. The victory faster, machine. Ethan. Faster, 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 uh, faster. Uh, plug more, more plugs, more plugs. Learn life lessons. Life lessons. Uh, <laughs> well, I just did a I did a podcast. Well, it was an interview with um, an economics publication in Israel, and. <laughs> It sounds like that's like a veiled anti-Semitic remark. <laughs> economic Economics. Public, with an economic publication in Israel. In Israel. Where else would it be? I mean, <laughs> but they're just so so upfront, so direct. I think... Uh, oh, Israelis, dude. The, Fucking the, Israelis. Uh, the uh, players, uh, you make sound very bleak. Uh, you know, they don't sound like nice guys. Would you let any of them babysit your kid? <laughs> that was the first that was question. The question? <laughs> yeah. Would you let any basketball player babysit your kid? No. Have you seen Kronos? <laughs> the painting of Kronos devouring his child? That was originally modeled after Larry Bird. <laughs> Larry Bird would brag about it. He would, uh, he would show off. He was cocky. He would he, he, Larry Bird could eat 10 babies a night, man. I love the idea the of the Celtics. Man, I don't know if The Usual Suspects is that good a movie. It's, it's one of the worst movies ever, man. I yeah, I, I watched it with Allie. I, asked, I watched it with Allie, and I was like, oh, this is going to be good. This thing from it's, the 1990s is going to be good. So fucking bad, dude. But I just love the idea that he kills his whole family, and that shows what a badass he is. Kaiser Sose. <laughs> that they, they, go, they, they want something from him, and they have a gun to his whole family. And he doesn't want to give in, and so he just kills them. And that's you know, that's how you know <laughs> this guy. Himself. This guy doesn't fuck around, man. This guy kills his whole family. What a loser. Only <laughs> yeah. a loser would kill their own family. Yeah, like, what the, the fuck are you like, The dumbest you thing you could do. Like, because what the... of what? Because of some other dumb shit? Because of some money or something? What a fucking loser. <laughs> Completely. Well, I want to have some money. I want the paper. I don't want my, I don't need my family. I like the paper. <laughs> I think he's Hungarian, Kaiser Sose, if he is real. So that should be in a Hungarian accent. Which I don't know what that, that sounds is. like. It would be stock Eastern European. I want the paper. I want the paper. The paper. In the old country. Money. Money in the old country, paper better. Paper better, old country. Paper, paper better. You can fuck money. You can wrap it around your cock. The wrap around sausage-wise like hot dog, then you put the cap over the front so that the jism hits the dollar and you don't make mess. <laughs> yes. Backstop your jism. I gave grandmother a goat. Yes, like, this isn't even, it's like some sort of Balkans slash Russian. I, I killed my family so I could keep free goat. <laughs> You don't understand. Three goats, so important. So much. You can get so much for three goats. Three goats. Goat. It's like, goat, golden... you, can get, it's it's like, like... you can get ten chicken for three goats. You ten kidding chicken. me? chicken. Three goats is like golden goose, but goat. But goat. Golden goat. <laughs> we call Christ. that joke in old country. Yeah. Yes, at least you can fuck goat, unlike wife, am I right? <laughs> You just, fucking loser! What a just, loser! Why would you? You had a family we, and you killed them for? Why did he kill him in the movie? I don't remember any of this. Why did I don't he kill remember. Some, some with one of the Baldwin brothers. Who knows? I, I don't for know. a for like a friend of his for like a man. I Christ. I almost want to 
rewatch it. I mean, look. Well, hold on, hold on. We should we should kick off the fucking show. No. Uh, this is uh, this is Matt. This is Ethan. And we are sinking up. up. What's this fucking show you're watching? Normal people? Yeah, normal people. Um, it's set in Ireland. Uh, it is. Uh, it's terrible. I don't know why we keep watching it, but we keep watching it. We hate the protagonist, the male protagonist of the couple. Absolutely hate him. I think they're trying to do a little bit of a stoic Jon Snow thing, and to play stoic, you need to be. You just need to be captivating. And you some people be very are very handsome. You have to be extremely handsome and have like a slightly weird face, but in a hand, like Adam Driver, you know. Yeah, that's a way to do it. Uh, there's something about him that's captivating, and this guy is not captivating. Mm-hmm. His decisions make no sense. Uh, it's just glum. You don't understand why they can't just be together. The the premise is insane. Okay, so uh, it starts off with they're in high school whatever the irish version of that is he's a popular jock you know he's really good at the the mm. rugby or the gaelic football or whatever they play over like, there where does this take place it's in ireland it's in ireland you're watching an ireland right. yeah it's on hulu and okay. uh so he's a jock it's on and, the hulu and she's like a smart chick she sort of got got an edge to her got an edge oh. and uh-huh. she's not cool but she's beautiful she looks like a like a model but the uh, idea is that they're having sex and he doesn't want her to let other people know about it. And so she has um, agreed to this humiliating arrangement oh, where they effectively are secretly boyfriend and girlfriend and he pretends not to know her uh, at all. And it doesn't make any sense because he's not the most great looking of dudes and she's completely beautiful and it's just in what universe does this exist where this high school student is uh, you have to understand at the time the ira was assassinating (laughs) couples where the the man was less attractive than the woman we don't know anything this is the problem we don't know anything of the troubles we don't troubles it was upside down time the troubles set this up um Ireland is not it's it's not what you think. <laughs> it's not well they are a very stoic culture. I, I think relative earlier we were talking about how Israelis are because that's what we do. We just talk about the cultural stereotypes in this podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Welcome yeah. back to the cultural stereotype podcast. Uh, <laughs> taking on Israel or taking on Ireland, Hungary. Yeah. yeah. Uh, oh, uh, hit us up with an ethnicity and we'll do yeah. a very poor impression of them. We do impression. Sort of sexual joke. We do impression. Impression of from, kielbasa. I'm from Brazil. Look at me. I'm from Brazil. <laughs> I, I dance with my big ass. I am from Brazil. Brazil. I do samba, pickled samba. Pickled samba. Pickled samba. Pickled samba. Do a pickled samba in your samba hummus, <laughs> only available in the fro in the turf, that weird refrigerated kiosk in every supermarket. <laughs> what a compelling <laughs> advertisement. Um, yeah, but. So I think they're really playing up the cultural stoicism of the Irish in this show, but it just leads to a situation where the protagonist, the male protagonist, isn't communicating and none of his decisions make sense. And there are long scenes where he just looks brooding. And it's it's like Goodwill Hunting if Goodwill 
hunting wasn't interesting and didn't talk at all. <laughs> didn't know math. He just was it, the janitor. Well, he's supposedly smart. I mean, they're both smart. They oh, wind up smart. in... Oh, this is a movie about smart people. Oh, I love smart people yeah. because they figure stuff out yeah, that it's other called, people can't. It's, it's called like power. It's called normal people, but... Normal people, but yeah. they're, not, they're anything but normal. So, so he, these people are anything but He normal. fucks it up uh, because eventually she's not too happy with him just pretending not to know her. Again, in what universe is this? Wait, these thing? are teens in high school having sex, and they yeah. don't want people to know about it. Yes, this guy doesn't want anybody about? to know about him having sex with the hottest girl in school. <laughs> um, she, by the way, I don't know this actress. I feel like we're going to see her in more things because she is just holding this terrible show afloat. Mm. Um, Why are you watching this shitty show? There's a couple of good things on right now. I don't know. Watching? I don't know. We just keep watching to see where it. We see. We're just trying to. We we can't stop watching. I think it's because the characters' decisions make no sense. No, we're watching. Uh, we just watched a Miss America, Ms. America, Mrs. A Mrs. America. That's mm. it. Mrs. America. It's very good. Yeah, uh, that's a dope show. In Tracy my country, Ullman. we watch Tiger King. It's man who <laughs> king of tiger. Only tiger. Yes, you see, only Tiger King uh, over and over. There's extra <laughs> clips. They have clips where they show them killing tigers. <laughs> they can show that on, on Hungarian Netflix. We, most of Hungarian Netflix, honestly, <laughs> mostly just people putting bullets into big cats. We love it. We can't get enough. Remember how much my father hates tigers, Matt? I think he'd be oh, into dude, that kind this of. This is show. the funny. This is the funniest thing about Ethan. Is his dad uh, hates? Is what was it? We there was like a, a famous tiger killing in like a zoo. In, yeah, in a tiger. Francisco. Yeah, I remember I was hanging out and he. I remember I'll never forget this. Ethan's father comes over. And he says, "Did you hear about the murder?" <laughs> I'm like, "What murder in the San Francisco Zoo? The tiger. <laughs> it murdered the kid." Yeah. <laughs> like, Holy shit. Why did your dad hate because of India? Because he lived in India? Or yeah, my dad My dad is very old. He was in the first study abroad program to India. Ever? Yeah, the oh, first, the first one, one. Yeah, from, from America. India. Yeah, wow. and so uh, it was a crazy trip. Uh, <laughs> he met Nehru. Um, a lot was going on, but at what some point, fuck? at some point he was in some village in Bengal, and uh, apparently the tigers are just pulling people um, out of their tents and out of wherever they were. And so he Jesus was Christ. terrified in the village of getting eaten by a tiger. And I think it made an impression on him. And he's never forgiven <laughs> the tiger. So he, like, he liked the Tiger King. He was like, I'm glad that he's killing tigers. I, well, hey, yo, how did your dad feel about Tiger King? Actually, have you talked to him? I haven't talked. I don't know if he's seen Tiger King, but maybe this could be a segment on the show where we get him to give a rundown <laughs> on his most hated beast being so prominently featured and abused. <laughs> I'd love to get your dad. Ooh, but Richard. you know what? Maybe my dad's the logical one when you think about it. Because we revere the beauty and majesty of the tiger so much mm. when this thing just wants to eat us and kill us. Maybe uh, my dad is the only person coming, coming to... Yeah, yeah, he's, food. He's maybe coming to the correct conclusion. Everybody else is... We're all, we're all tiger-cucked, Matt. We're just yeah. going, oh, the stripe's so beautiful. Please eat me in the wrong circumstance. Well, the stripes. I can't tell how many there are. I, I, I can never tell. It, it would be an honor to be eaten by such a majestic beast. So that wonderful. Trump? That's like Trump. I, I would know. love to eat. I would love to be eaten by a tiger. That, these are two of the worst Trump impressions that I've ever heard. Well, right, one right, wasn't right. an attempt at Trump impression. I mean, well, yeah, it was just nothing. All right, all right, all right. Let's, let's go. I am this. Donald Trump. That's like bad I resistance am collusion. I am Donald Trump. I fucking shoving chloroquine, chloroquine up my asshole. 
<laughs> my asshole. I love chloroquine. It protects my asshole from malaria. I hate malaria. Malaria in my asshole. A mosquito shoved its fucking a mosquito shoved its nose up my asshole and tried to sting my colon, but chloroquine I, I protect. As long as I'm we drunk. never name the accent, even though it's clearly Eastern European grab bag, I don't think <laughs> it'd be get offended. I did have this strange thing happen in college. Um we were watching the NBA Finals in 2006. I know me watching basketball. Whoa. Yeah, this is. I'm I'm intrigued. Go on. Yeah, and so this goes back to different cultures being more direct. You know, certain cultures way more direct <laughs> with the questioning. And uh, we're watching. You know, so it was over the summer. We moved in early, and a friend of mine, Tim, brought over this girl he met, and she had just come over from Siberia. And so she was observing us watching this funny American game. Um, and she knew who basketball. Shaq was. She, had, had she, yeah. she never, okay, all right, all right. She knew who Shaq was, but she'd never seen basketball. Yeah, she, she, she asked, uh, why is Shaq so big? That was the first question. <laughs> I didn't have a good answer to that. That's a great question. And then the honest. second question was, why are all the players black? <laughs> <laughs> like these are just the questions. These were just the yeah, questions I to mean, ask. Siberian lady, I, I, can't, I understand. I guess. I, yeah. What did you say? I, I don't think I had a good explanation. We were actually <laughs> rudely ignoring her. It was a great game. It was. Uh, it was down. She, she was asking this in the fourth quarter when the action was really getting, <laughs> getting thick, and we didn't. We couldn't get into all that, so yeah. we just had to ignore this poor woman and just, you know, give her the cold shoulder. Cold shoulder, giving a Siberian woman the cold shoulder. Yeah, she should be able to withstand that. That's racist. Yeah. <laughs> all, right, you wanna, all right, come on, Ethan. We're not here to joke around. We're here to talk about fucking media and tech. The media, and the hard issues of today. The media, the tech. Well, okay. So I'm. We have a good slate of topics. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm curious. So we have a slate of topics. I want to know why you sent me this article, this Nellie Bowles article. I've heard of her at the oh, New York Nellie Times. Bowles is great. Yeah, she's good, man. She does a lot of good internet culture stuff. I don't understand this article she wrote, and I don't understand why you sent it to me on Elon Musk and the red pill. I I, I, I want to know what your take is on it because I'm I'm confused. I'm confused by what she was trying to communicate. I'm confused by all things Elon Musk and whatever the hell he's sure. doing. Right. Yes. Well, this is, and I'm sure, I feel like our listeners would know about this, but our, our Elon Musk on Sunday tweeted, take the red pill, and then a, a little red rose. <laughs> and then Ivanka Trump, like, quote tweeted it or whatever, saying, I, I have. <laughs> I've taken it. <laughs> and then... And then the and then uh, lower down, Lily Wachowski, one of the Wachowski sisters who directed The Matrix, uh, she responded, "Fuck you both." <laughs> so that's so stupid. It's but it's just like it's like I don't. My favorite it, part by far is Ivanka. My favorite part oh by far is Ivanka saying, "I have." Yes, I took it. It's fucking. Well, just because it's supposed to be this kind of all of society is bullshit, you've been lied to, transgressive thing, and she is just burbling with this airheaded enthusiasm, at least in my own mind. I mean, maybe she, I don't, I don't know what goes on. It's wonderful. Oh, no, you know what she says? I'm sorry. She says, taken. That's taken. 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 And it's like, I'm red pill. It's just like, I just, I. this is the apotheosis of this red pill shit, and I just can't. I just didn't like it. 
that's what it was. I just didn't like. This. I, didn't I didn't like the like article. This happened. I didn't. Oh, well, the article is funny because it's Nellie Bowles, who is good. I think what's funny about the article is it, that it's she... it's it's like how to explain the insane right. culture to your aunt in I, Westchester. And that's I think what she that's did what the, a good job. I think it, I, that's I thought she I thought she did her best. That was to me also. Yeah, what I picked up from the article was how do you from square one like aliens have come to Earth? How do you explain this tweet and interaction to them? And so she like tried her best. Yeah, it's just like, the think... red pill is, you know, it's yes. uh, she it, described, she explained it, but in, like, it's all over the place. The it's all, it's all over the place because much like Elon Musk himself, um, like why are we starting an article about Elon Musk being crazy and freaking out shareholders? Her, it's clearly like she like her take was like, what do like Elon Musk super fans like liberal Elon Musk fans think about what's going on, which is just like some hook or something to grasp onto to try to like parse through this event if you need one. Okay, so here's my critique of this overall and so much of modern uh, journalism. I feel as though they're taking the battles they're fighting in the weird Twitter verse, the, the, the strange confusing um arcane battles that they're taking personally and they're projecting out into the world and thinking everybody else driving a tesla really cares about this or well you know, this is the world we're stuck in right now right where it's like is is twitter important and if it is then we need to cover it like it's important yes or is it not important in which it's, case you don't cover it's, it but it's, it's clearly almost, important it's almost a tautology and it is important because it's where so much of people with influence and in institutions create the parameters of a conversation, but the conversation that they create often spins off like a balloon, a hot air balloon, uh, untied, and it just flies off in these directions that nobody can follow. Um, I think you mean a regular balloon. Hot air balloons just go up, but you mean like a regular <laughs> balloon. That, I, I meant helium. Meant I said I said hot air helium, instead of helium. Yeah, <laughs> like just a helium balloon that pops. Look, man, you, dude. Once you take the red pill and you stop being such a pussy, You'll you go on those crazy. You you <laughs> you go on those. It's like riding a dragon, man. Dude, you, man you have not <laughs> lived until you've taken the red pill and then taken a real hot air balloon, man. <laughs> fucking uncucked. No fucking women. Fucking. <laughs> A flying around western chauvinist hot air balloon ride dude oh my god dude flying around well that is part of masculinity is taking crazy risks like that all those <laughs> like i getting mean on a hot air balloon well okay so what is it called the wingsuits all those guys who get themselves oh, killed dude. looking looking like bats They're looking like suicide suits dude it's insane. Yeah, bit, or, like, uh, flying squirrel suits. Flying squirrel yeah. suits. It's all, all men. All of them die. All, and, all men and all of them die. Yes, yes. Um, if it's when. It is. It's it's a crazy, crazy It's a crazy thing to do. But So, like, what do you think about Elon Musk tweeting, take the red pill? <laughs> well, I don't know what the context is. I, There's no uh, context. A lot of my interest in Elon Musk dissipated after the uh, first Joe Rogan interview where he smoked weed. Mm. Because... And maybe you would disagree. No, I, I found him yeah. boring as hell. Yeah, he's just a little. I just know people like this. He's like a well actually kid, you know. Like well actually, it's it's like you know what I mean. But, but he there just, was no. He has command... no good sense of humor. He has no. Yeah, keep going. Yeah, I mean, obviously he's functionally quite brilliant, but he just had no EQ. He had no ability to have a rapport to be hilarious 
and entertaining like we are, Matt, talking about mm-hmm. yeah, shows in Ireland. Yeah, yeah, you couldn't do those generalized yeah. imitations. Can your, uh, sir, can your rocket do this? <laughs> I, I'm a Hungarian shoving fucking paperclip up penis hole. I didn't think so, Mr. Musk. <laughs> yeah, so I found him very boring, and I kind of checked out of the uh, Musk experience. I didn't know that there was a fan base for Elon Musk, the Musketeers. I mean, who yeah, are these the people? Yeah. The mu- <laughs> I haven't heard that term, Musketeer. The Muscat, the that, Muscat yeah. Grace. Muscats, yeah. <laughs> the Muskrats. <laughs> <laughs> the Muskegee Airmen. <laughs> That's good. The Muskegee experiment. Yeah. So I didn't, I don't understand. I don't, but I also think in a way I have to say this as well. So he's obviously very unpredictable and not doing his business favors uh, at, at points. And I don't get what he's really getting after, but it's also too easy to freak out these particular squares in the media. It's too easy for them to, to say something that just makes them all run around with their hair on fire, overreacting. Mainly because it seems like there's a supply and demand problem where they want to be fired up about things, and they're looking for anything. And so some stupid tweet about taking the red pill becomes a think piece. I don't really think it deserves to be a think all piece. Right, well, but maybe... but did, well, the question is, like, does it matter? Is, should it be covered that he did this? Is this newsworthy enough? Well, why do you think why do you think it matters? What's your I mean, let's say let's say Elon Musk is revealing that he is um, based like in red a, pill, that he's like, like, like he's, he's like you are. He's right like a cr- he's like a crazy sexist, right? I like I don't know. That's not good for him as a person. But what is what are we talking about in terms of cars? You know what's what's happening? I think it's just. I mean, I don't. To me, it's just one more data point, and that this guy is just like a fucking. I don't know. He's just a loser. I, I it's still. It's like the same shit. It's like what these are the people that we want to be like dictating the future are people with like such poor senses of humor and senses of like wisdom and senses of like the. the so I watched the most recent Elon Musk Rogan interview, right? Mm-hmm. The two hour thing, and it, it was extremely boring. It was not a good watch. It was not interesting but i felt like how i had that to guy be so bo- how can he be like so boring how yeah, is he, he so boring? so but there was a moment in it where like rogan like asks him well first of all he was he thinks that like people like warren buffett are boring right his whole thing is like be an interesting billionaire like me but there was like a moment like they spent most of the time talking about like neural lace like uh, you know like his like fucking mind link project or whatever and then he's like talking about like what it could do and like you know making it possible for people to like think their thoughts to each other rather than say them and all these things and like rogan does like ask him like do you like think this all through like have you thought about what's going to happen and musk basically is like i I, yeah 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 sure sure yes yeah i think (laughs) it through and it's like you just don't People no. like him, they it really is the Jurassic Park, you know, like you, you know, you just because you, 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 you spent so much time thinking, thinking that, that you, you spent so much time thinking, thinking whether, whether you could, you know, you think, you think nothing about whether you should, whether you should, as grandmother <laughs> said, to, as grandmother said to pet goat. 
No, wonder should, never wonder should, always wonder could, never wonder should. But he like, but just he doesn't think any of this through. None of these people think any of this stuff through. And it's like, this is, I don't know, this is the thing with tech and with making things is like, why are you making the things you're making? Most often the reason is so that you can make more money or whatever. But like, these are powerful tools or they could be. And this is like, what we're dealing with is like how well, humanity is So you is feel like with great power comes great responsibility and Musk does not seem to be conveying a sense of having this is something okay so we're getting somewhere here and in our in our therapy session oh, thank god finally. um yeah finally <laughs> i think that you without articulating it are frustrated with these incredibly powerful masters of the universe not conveying a sense of the gravity of their powers and operating according to the ideology that underpins Facebook of move fast and break things. Yeah, but it's, also it's just somebody, operating Which is, under... by the way, that's one of the reasons why I really disliked what Gawker ended up becoming, but that's a whole other, that's a whole other detour. Yeah. But they were animated by a similar ideology of, we're gonna fuck shit up and whatever the downsides is somebody else's problem because we have some sort of God-given ordained right to pursue mm. our ends in this way. I think that's what bothers you. Yeah, well, it's 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 just like we're not all rowing in the in like a good direction, I think. And like we could be if people would just stop and think about it or if like more people were a part of the like the decision making process, I think. And also if the people who were in charge weren't like the people who get to be in charge under the system are all they all suck. I don't know. These are all like not cool people. These are not people that like and Elon Musk is the coolest one of them. Yeah, well, like easily like that's the thing. Well, that's he's trans is he's, he's the coolest one, and, the, and he's the one tweeting like "take the red pill" and he like and his like Harambe is, raps and like all this other like just lame ass garbage. Well, this is why I, I blame the ideological uh, conformity and cloistered nature of the media class that somebody so basic could be so transgressive, because they are so horrified and easy to freak out that. You know, tweeting something as basic in 2014 as take the red pill becomes a huge deal. I agree with you, though, that he is not conveying a sense of stability. But I think people, people, the musketeers, as it were, are going to respect uh, those who step outside the typical boundaries just because it seems like a lot of people are quite um, hemmed in by the guess, media conversation this red pill shit, like who can, like it's old too i don't it's even like, know i don't even know what the context is i don't know if he just no created context. did he, he create a red car did he create a red car like i, I don't know no he just said shit to say shit and it, i yeah i don't know but i guess it's just it just like i just made me sad and it was just like it was just like ugh, why are we do why this why is this the way why why do this? I don't know. Could he could have like drawn a picture or something? He could have like drawn like I don't know, a gaping vagina or something and like it would have been more interesting. Like Giorgio right, I, like Giorgio yeah, O'Keefe. Why why isn't Elon Musk spending more time painting flowers that look like vaginas like Giorgio O'Keefe? Why isn't I did an entire time? report right. on Giorgio O'Keefe when I was uh, I think in elementary school. I think we were just American <laughs> really? painters and I had no idea. I just had no idea. <laughs> <laughs> like the main thing about it well, of course yeah. it would be kept from you and why would you find that interesting yeah. <laughs> at that age that's no. the, yeah that's the funniest <laughs> thing about kids and sex is like it's not that they like we don't do a good job of hiding it from them they're just uninterested so they don't care to look at it <laughs> they don't they're, care they're to not, see it no it's 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 not on it's not on the radar um <laughs> 
so I was just, yeah, this lady paints a lot of flowers and, uh, you know, cow skulls in the desert. And, uh, yeah, that's cool. I don't know anybody else who paints that. All right, all right. Let, let, let's fuck, fuck this Elon Musk thing. I guess who cares? Uh, let's talk about let's talk about this podcasting shit because I think this okay. is interesting. It's going to be interesting to our mm. listeners who are, are deep podcasters. I think the uh, Rogan, the yeah, Rogan Spotify move. Rogan. Yeah. What do you think about this? So so Joe Rogan so, uh, reportedly signed a over a hundred million dollar deal, multi year wow. contract to license his show wow. exclusively to Spotify. So it will not be on Apple Podcast. It will not be on YouTube. It will only be found on Spotify. What do wow. you think? Well, the smart people I follow say that this is smart by Spotify to corner the market. And when everybody else is contracting to try to gobble up the major podcasters and just create a market advantage in that way. Um, and then there are other fears of this is going to denude podcasting, the only vital medium, the only true Wild West. It is going to become uh, flattened and boring like so much uh, else of the Internet. I don't really buy the second one. I think that this is just such a simple medium. I mean, we're just fucking around. We're just mm -hmm. doing this for fun. Um, and, you know, you get your microphone, you... It's it's not hard. I, I don't understand how what Spotify is doing is going to influence the high caliber that we are <laughs> achieving here, Matt. I don't see how it's preventing us. I see it. I, I like the, I see it as a threat. Well, what is like, OK, if Brogan's <laughs> podcast is worth hundred million dollars. What's ours worth? <laughs> it's it's worth a negative. 20. Is, our pod, is our podcast really a hundred million times worse than Joe Rogan's? I think that's the Pareto principle where is we get to the top. Are it's, most it's, podcasts a hundred million times worse than? But Oregon? that's how scale. That's the nature of scale, right? Where yeah, at the top you're going to be, you're going to receive so much more, um, and it's not going to. Yeah, it's it's maybe you're a little better than the second best podcast, but you will be downloaded a million times more than the second mm -hmm. best podcast. That's just the nature of scale in tech. Um, now, well, so, okay, so here's what I will say personally. Okay. I don't. I think the ease of listening is a big deal to me with so many podcasts out there. It mm -hmm. is a saturated market. And I I could see myself maybe getting Spotify if there's a guest on Rogan that I am so interested in listening to. Um, but maybe not. You know, maybe it's just I don't know. But you know. presently don't have Spotify. I mean a lot of people no. have Spotify. Like twenty six it's, it's not twenty six no million twenty six million Americans yeah. have Spotify. So, yeah. Well, so all right, so what's I guess I have some insight into this because I've been working in this world where I've been make I've been making money doing podcasts, but doing like premium podcasts behind walled gardens for the last mm. year right like i made yeah. a, a scripted show for luminary i made a scripted show for uh for spotify i'm i just signed a i'm well I'm, I'm doing one right now for audible like i'm working in this medium and making money making exclusive things for these places the things that i'm making are like what's so so weird is i'm making i'm working in this like new area of like scripted podcasts where the idea is that if you actually put effort into a podcast it might be better than if you just fuck around on on a couple of microphones it's so far it's unclear if people care about that or if they're willing to like shell out money for like exclusive platforms like luminary to do it and Spotify, it seems like, is kind of going both ways, where they're showing well, they, they money got Bill for... Simmons. They got Bill right. Simmons as well, yeah. Right, but these are all chatty podcasts. But then, meanwhile, they also bought this Kevin Bacon podcast that I wrote for last year, that like is like a Spotify exclusive, and 
that's like a scripted show. But so what I'm talking to like my friends about is they spent a hundred million dollars on this Rogan thing. They didn't spend a hundred million dollars on a bunch of new scripted podcasts. Yeah. At least, or at least in like a big splashy way, although they are funding a bunch of new scripted podcasts as well to, but it's, it's just so strange that I think to me, they're making all these bets in this medium, but the amount of the medium that's being utilized is so small and they're spending so much money for things that are so inexpensive to produce. Is it worth that amount of value? Are just these... the intellectual property? So, something that okay. So it's, here's it's like, something like, that was brought up. It's here, like pure yeah. IP. It's just pure. So, yeah. Here was a good point that Matt Stoller made on his like Monopoly uh, newsletter, uh, which was that there is no value to Joe Rogan going to Spotify for the listener, right? Yeah. It's not like Joe Rogan signed this deal and now he's like, guys, now that I have this new funding. It, the show is going to be so much better. In fact, yeah. his whole thing was, I promise we're doing the we're same gonna... exact show that we have been doing. Wow. There will be no difference to the show. The only difference is I will be making a lot more money and That's maybe hilarious. the whiskey that we drink is going to be more expensive. But there was wow. not even like a second of like, this will make the show better for you as a consumer. There's yeah, nothing not about good. that. That's not right? good. Isn't that no, weird? Yeah. I, I think it's a good insight. And that's, that was my immediate reaction actually was, I don't know. I mean, I'm not, I don't listen to every Rogan, but I'll listen to some Rogans. It's dependent on the guest. Right. Mm -hmm. And I thought to myself, I kind of liked the setup. I kind of liked knowing yeah. where it was. And there were these YouTube clips and mm -hmm. that seemed to be really easy for people. And the thing with Rogan, he was the guy I would most often hear when I was on the road, uh, traveling, covering basketball, uh, Uber drivers would often have Rogan on. And I thought, oh. Um, like how cab drivers always had Stern on. He used exactly. to have Howard Stern on, yeah. Yeah, and I thought, well, are they all just going to go to Spotify? I mean, is that going to be the thing that they do? It, it seems like the ease of use was part of the broad-based appeal and how he would be listened to. And let's establish something with Rogan. I think Rogan is the watering hole of America. It's mm. where the streams cross, where all the animals of the animal kingdom meet up, where you'll get... Mm. Um, Nobel Prize winning scientists and comedians and celebrities and crazy like Alex Jones <laughs> type conspiracy yeah, theorists yeah. evidently and um, so it occupies I think a, a fairly significant cultural space even though uh, many people uh, dismiss and I think or, or, or misunderstand or try to act like Rogan is some kind of reactionary which if you listen to the podcast fully I don't get um, I don't see that. You can criticize a particular opinion, but I think that he has a lot of trust from his listeners. They don't think he's ever lying to them. He, mm -hmm. he, in a very inauthentic world, has a very strong connection to listeners as somebody who is authentic. Not the smartest, not the funniest, even though he's a comedian, but has authenticity. Mm -hmm. And this seems to undermine that just a little bit. This seems to be selling out and maybe for that kind of money, almost anybody would. But the point that Stoller made, I think is a great one of what's the value okay, to the listener. What's the value? You've been doing this for the listener theoretically. 
you're right. building this thing. Well, it, 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 to me, it just speaks more to like that this type of media that we're doing now, this atomization to like continue our theme of like media, like we're atomizing our players in basketball teams. We're atomizing all of us. It used to be like if you gave some artist like who was toiling in like or whatever, maybe even successfully making things independently and you gave them like a big budget and a bunch of money to make something, their whole th- point was like finally. Now I can go make my great fucking, you know, Sistine Chapel. I can go out and make my fucking Jodorowsky's Dune. I can make some like huge fucking epic. My, the whole point of being an artist is to just burn money on making things that are incredible. Well, it's the city, the city you're living in. Yeah. The city you're living in doesn't make a lot of money relative to other cities, but it's where you spend all the rich people's money because Mm. entertainment only makes so much, Mm -hmm. but people want to make something that has a cultural impact and that's where you go to do it. Yeah. And, but, but you have this ambition, a scope of ambition to like fucking make something with a bunch of resources. This is an example. And I think this happens with like streamers and in general, like all of these kinds of things right now where you give these people money and they just keep doing what they're doing and yeah, they make a better living, but it's not pushing the art form forward. It's not pushing I don't know. It's just not pushing humanity. It's forward. not. It's and and in that way, it's a bit of a bummer. Even though you know, shout out to Joe Rogan getting. I know. Paid I'm, all that honestly, money. I like like I do like yeah. watching Rogan or listening to Rogan's. Uh, you know, every once in a while, you know, whatever if they his guests on, that's good. Like, like I understand completely what he did. This, but but the thing that this what, makes the it's most what sense it represents. But it, what it represents is that so much of the innovation is about creating choke points where you can own some piece. And there's no innovation coming from that. And there's no improvement for people's lives. So think about it this way. So Spotify made that $100 million off the back of thousands of musicians who are not being paid enough, right? The music industry, which is like a very pure art form of expression, is completely subservient to this business model and you know yeah you can get into the quibble about like well it's the record companies that are in the in their intermediaries and they're getting in the way and whatever it is but like the point is artists are being exploited a lot they're not getting amount of money i think commensurate to the amount of like beauty that they put into the world potentially you could make that claim it's very hard to be a musician and all of that money that excess money that all those like tiny little it's all like you know like office space scam of like tiny little fractions of a penny you know that that these musicians don't even notice like all these little fractions of pennies and fractions of pennies make make up a hundred million dollars that now is just given to joe rogan to have conversations with eddie bravo or whatever the fuck yeah yeah. Um, yeah, that that is what's happening. I wish I could completely understand why the market model doesn't seem to work as well in a digitized world. I mean, we're going to get into the I like, think it's why isn't why like why isn't uh, Grubhub and Uber Eats and all of these delivery businesses benefiting the restaurants i mean in theory that would be the economic uh that that's how the and that's what all these out. places get into it to say i love music that's why i made spotify i love restaurants and eating that's why i made grubhub yeah. i love the internet that's why i made facebook why is it not working why is it just redistributing wealth to a few people and taking it away and i think that's because that's what these machines were actually made to do they yeah. are made to well, take a little way- bit from a lot and aggregate it to a few and how many are getting put to work by it too? You know, Literally all about... of us. We're all. This is the thing. No, I, no, 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 I... no. But but I'm saying like back in the day, Rockefeller, Carnegie, right. whatever you would say mm-hmm. about these gentlemen, uh, they would run vast industries that put towns to work. Right. And now you have a situation where you know how many people are really 
getting put to work in the old Spotify factory. Well, I think the question is how many people are making money and it's not many, how many people are being put to work and it's literally all of us. This is mm. the thing about privacy. Like I think in the privacy debate, and this is like the question that you always ask me, like Ali is always saying like, oh, you know, who cares if they're spying on me and sending me ads? I like having a free service. And to me, it's, it's not about spying on you. Right. It's not that these companies, I don't care if like fucking Google knows what I masturbate to. Right. It's not about the spying. Like, who am I to? I, I don't care. Two I have no goats, shame. one yogurt <laughs> shake. <laughs> two goats, one. Oh my God. It's two goats that like shove yogurt up their asses and then <laughs> shit it back out onto this. Oh my God. Onto this Austrian man. That's horrifying. Well, you don't mind if Google knows it. Oh you're my saying. God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh boy. Onto the tigers. Uh, <laughs> two goats. Uh, so, two goats on tiger. Tiger. <laughs> I'm doing like subtle Street Fighter references. Brazil, Tiger uppercut. Uh, so the the privacy is not about if it's tracking you. I don't fucking give a shit about that. What I care about is it's taking these little micro labors from all of us all the time, and it's putting it towards shit that I hate, things that mm. I don't care about. Like I, I I just was working in a Google Doc on a project and I was like writing jokes about intermittent fasting and I got served an ad about intermittent <laughs> fasting because like it was put, I guess because Google is scraping my docs for keywords wow. that it can sell. I did. I use duck, duck go. I didn't search for this shit. I don't fucking, but like, I don't like that they are taking, it's not that I, that they're spying on me. It's that they're taking that labor from me, that the things that they learn from spying on me and they're using it to build shit that I hate. They're using it to build newsfeed. They're using it to build Google amp or whatever. They're using it to build all these pieces of platforms, all this yeah, technology. Yeah. You wouldn't mind being violated. You wouldn't mind being violated if you felt like it was for a greater good. I, exactly. But, but do, you ever fan the do, you, do you ever have the fantasy of what you would do if all of this that they're stealing from you, all of this that they know about you was used against you to humiliate you? Like what you would do if you were confronted in that way? I would like to think that if that actually happened, that people would be on my side. That You know what I mean? That I would like, just, yeah, I've yeah, decided yeah. that that is so wrong to do to somebody that whatever it was, I would just lie, Matt. I would oh, just really? lie. I would you just say, say no. I didn't no. search for that. I didn't. No, didn't. Don't know what you're talking about. They made I, it up. Of course they made it up. Why would? Yeah, they, they make up everything. Yeah, and, I, and, and it's wrong. And it's wrong to lie. But I feel like in that particular situation, I would think that this. We were never when we were instructed to be honest and told about George Washington apocryphally. Uh, apocryphally. I don't know how to say that. Um, apocryphally. Uh, you're talking about how he chopped down the cherry tree that nobody was prepared for what society would do to you if you actually were honest at a scale. And so <laughs> I think at that point in that particular situation where your privacy has been stolen and broadcast yeah. out to the world, you are allowed to lie. That's, you think that's my everyone take. would be fine with it? I, well, I, just not... don't, I don't think they would know. I mean, mm. like no matter what evidence was presented, I, I believe... have it right here. You searched yesterday for for 10 strawberries in sheep pussy. <laughs> I don't know what that refers to. I don't know what that is. Is that a video that you saw that you knew about? Was that a rumor? Were you just like, Googling that in the hopes dude, that you could I see Dude, I have no idea what you're talking strawberries about. 10 strawberries popped I've, out of a goat pussy? I don't know what you're yeah, talking about. You've pussy. got a very... Uh, I was trying to move beyond goats and I went to sheep. <laughs> it's, I, you have a crazy imagination, but look, the people who make these accusations, you just, you can't trust them. I lie. You know, 
Yeah, you just I feel like you would be justified in doing so. I can't mm. like what's the ethical argument against that? No, I mean what they did was so wrong that lying has to be it's the right thing to do. Yeah, in no, that but particular I, the problem the problem is Ethan I'm a man of integrity. I, I don't lie. I would never lie. I would never lie to you. I would never lie to anyone. And this is a promise that I make to the audience. I will never lie to you. I don't lie either. I don't mainly because I'm a, as you know I'm a, not a good liar. Yeah, you're bad at it. Yeah, I don't know what that is. I don't man know what that of, quality man is. Man of integrity by necessity. All right. Well, I have no poker face. I have none. <laughs> All right. Well, so this this is a good segue to the to the Grubhub thing because I think it, it is related, and I think that it's just it's why do these tech platforms why do none of them actually work for anybody why is this oh I, the, the facebook just bought giphy and i couldn't help but think yeah of course they did because giphy is another way that they get tons of free labor from people who have no responsibility and no liability from stealing like video clips from think media that facebook doesn't own you know, they don't own the office, but somebody can just like a person can grab a clip from the office and then it spreads virally on Facebook. And because it went through Giphy, they have no responsibility to pay NBC or whatever the fuck, yeah. which, you know, it doesn't matter when it's these big corporations. But when we're like destroying all the big corporations because we think that this kind of like individualized, atomized media circuit is better then it's pretty soon they're just going to be stealing from you and you're going to get nothing from it. And they're just going to take more and more and more and you're going to have nothing left. Yeah, that's pretty much what's going on. But I want to. I I'm more interested in the Grubhub a Palooza, mm -hmm. just because I'm confused by it. I feel like yeah. what what am I missing? It's a paradox that this industry would explode and delivery services stock stocks soaring. Everybody's using them. In theory, they've solved a problem. There's an inefficiency here of people not being able to get delivery. Uh, whenever they want it. So in theory, the restaurants would be recouping more money from that, but instead it goes the other way and they're just slaves to, and you talk about monopolies, there isn't a monopoly. There are multiple That's delivery true. services, yeah. which makes it even crazier. I mean, I know there's a logical explanation for this economically, but on the face of it, it's very confusing. Yeah, so there's a few things at play in my understanding. So the the overall thing about this, right, is, there keep being stories coming out where pizza, like pizza shops are, you know, they sold a thousand pizzas last month or a thousand dollars worth of pizzas through delivery, but they instead, the only, they got a check from Grubhub for like 300 bucks or something. Uh, and it's because Grubhub is just taking so much money. And a lot of it is in fees for services that Grubhub claims that they're providing. A lot of these are like, they're, they're putting up uh, phone numbers there like and then routing if somebody calls that number they charge the restaurant i don't know they're doing all sorts of shady shit but i think that the, what's what ethan what you're pointing out is that why isn't this an industry where it's easy for there to be win-wins for everybody exactly and just to kind of peg this so like today the and this is happening in cities all across the country like rapidly but la i think city council just just voted to cap fees at 15 percent for for these companies because they're just so wantonly you know overcharging and gouging all these restaurants and i will say i think that this has been actually a very efficient and quick um instance of regulation a simple solution to a problem that was able to be easy easily identified uh, but still, like, why why doesn't this work? You'd think on paper, like, oh, yeah, if one person was just in control of all the deliveries and they did a really good job of it, that would be good for everybody. But it's not. And it's like, 
I, I think it's because this is all just slavery. I think it's all mm. just like a, it's all it turns out that like the tech model is just slavery and it's just like they pay you slightly more than like what a slave made but like on the scale of what like an uber ceo or like an uber exec or an even an uber coder makes the amount of money that they're paying these people is, is basically insignificant to them to the point that you might as well round it down and call it slavery i mean that that is inflammatory uh that that particular framing of it um oh Oh, did I offend you? <laughs> oh, did you? Have you not taken your red pill? <laughs> <laughs> Take the red pill, Ethan. It's slavery. <laughs> I, I just can you use another term like I, I don't like indentured servitude. I, I just you know like just something. Come on, sharecropping. You prefer sharecropping? <laughs> oh God. Um, yeah. Uh, it really is destabilizing people's faith in unregulation i think just seeing how a lot of this shakes out how a lot of the ideas about how the markets would solve everything if left to their own devices um just might not might maybe there's something to that it's not the craziest thing to think that once governments try to intervene into the economy they will do it ham-fistedly and they will uh cause more economic damage than whatever problem they're trying to solve and especially when it comes to fast-moving technology there is a big potential for fuck-ups you know when mm. when uh reforms are being administered by older people who think that the internet is a series of tubes so i get all of that but at the same time it just seems like a lot of what we're told about efficiency and about uh maximal trade just benefiting everybody in the modern world just is not actually coming true i mean uh, free trade versus protectionism, for instance. It turns out that the story of trade is a little more complicated than comparative advantage. Mm -hmm. That we were told, I mean, I learned it in college, that, hey, comparative advantage, you know, you don't need to specialize in everything. You just need to do one thing great, have a comparative advantage in that one thing uh, versus everybody else. You know, you're the best corn grower of all the countries, so you will then trade your corn uh, to other countries and then you will get great stuff in return and you don't need to have a balanced economy. And then you see this thing happen with the pandemic. And it turns out that not having a lot of manufacturing in the U.S. where you can just create your own medically uh, medical protective, uh, the PPE, um, that's a big problem to put mm -hmm. your fate in the hands of other countries. It just seems like it seems like some of these uh, philosophies were religious in nature and they were presented to us as science mm -hmm. as economic science that this would all this would all work out and they're win, win, win. beliefs yeah well I, yeah and i you and, know you and need we to need, be a little and bit I, and, of, and of i get a that fool and a risk taker and, and believe in bigger things in order to do things but i i, I think that there's we're just we're meddling with these forces that we don't understand and that's, there's consequences yes. for them, but the consequences are not for the people who made the decisions. And I think that is like what's unjust about so much of this. So to, to like kind of tell a full story about this, there was a really interesting uh, uh, story about this pizza guy. So the, there's a part of this cycle where that's actually like is just and is funny right which is vcs and investors throwing money away lime scooters for example like i i'd like to think about like the hockey stick of exponential growth we all love being on the the like horizontal part 
you know, when there's a little bit of growth, but these VCs are plowing money into giving us scooters for, for like basically free, <laughs> you yeah. know? And if you get into a service or movie pass was a great example of this where everybody loved movie pass. Cause basically it was, it was insane that they were just burning money to let people see movies for, for like nothing. But then like eventually it catches up to these VCs and they have to, once they, if they capture the whole market, then they can have you by the balls and they do their exponential growth thing. And, but what happens is that at that, that beginning stage, the the flat line of the exponential curve, they're ruining the market. So there is a, an example of this recently with a delivery service, a pizza guy, a, a pizza shop was they found out that they had, I think Grubhub or one of these companies had put them up on their website without consulting them. And they were selling their pizzas, but huh. the guy's pizzas cost when he sold them for delivery through, you know, you call them up, they were $15. But when Grubhub sold them, they were $9. And the guy was like, what's going on here? So not only did they like not consult me and just take my service, put up a phone number to go through them route, you know, and then they basically place orders, but they're undercutting me. And so what the guy realized was like, okay, I guess if I just order pizzas from me all day long, I'll do <laughs> this like form of pizza arbitrage what? where no matter what, I'll make money. Cause it like, it, it, it <laughs> because I, I, they're undercutting themselves. So they basically, the difference there is like $6 that because the Grubhub would pay them $15. Yeah. You as a customer pay $9, then Grubhub pays this guy $15. <laughs> so he just does this arbitrage and he made, I don't know, he did this for a few days before he like called the press or did something about it because he just thought it was funny. But basically what was happening is that in order to like do this monopoly, you know, scam, it, they were artificially influencing the whole market in order to get in order to basically one force this guy to use grubhub because his mm. quote-unquote customers are already using it yeah and then two they, but you do it's this to a whole area and you just kind of you destroy the free market there is no free market because these companies are just pumping money into these markets until they capture them so that they can then grab you by the balls and run away with it and i think that's what we've seen with grubhub during the coronavirus uh you know, during this pandemic time is that they are essentially in a lot of these areas. They have everyone by the balls and now they're jacking up the prices. And this was the plan all along. Mm. I mean, that's a fascinating story. And I mean, you wonder it, it, a lot of things are happening right now. It feels like they shouldn't be legal, but the technology is changing so rapidly that the regulatory state cannot cannot catch up to it. And well, well, and then what was crazy to me is that like Uber, like this rumor was floated that Uber was going to buy Grubhub because like they yeah. wanted to just fold it into Uber Eats or whatever. But Uber like just laid off like 6,000 people or something. And they're floating yeah. this rumor that they're going to buy them. I don't know if that's just to make them look like they actually are in good shape or if genuinely you, they just keep chasing good money after bad. I've always been confused about Uber's lack of profitability. It, it, oh, man. They're the, they're the kings of this. It walks like a taxi cab. It, it talks like a taxi cab. Why isn't it making money like taxi cabs used to? What is what is going on there? Yeah, well, I, I think it's just because these businesses don't actually work that way. Like you think you can, but the margins are small. That the and the and the uh, the engineering talent actually costs so much more that you don't. It's, end it's almost up like the money. idea is to get every the the prioritization of getting everybody's business outweighs 
doing business. <laughs> well, I, it's really crazy because I mean, I mean, I guess this is in some semblance is capitalism working, but had Lyft not come on the scene, had Lyft not happened, right? Had this counterbalance to Uber not happened, they would have gotten away with it. They would have gotten away with it had it not been for these meddling Lyft kids. And mm. Uber would have become the full like Uber monopoly over taxi cabs. They would have jacked up the price as it is right now. I mean, I don't know if this is still the case, but like six months or a year ago when I, I remember reading about this, it's that for every ride you take, Uber loses a dollar, one to two dollars. Is that insane? <laughs> <laughs> they lose money, just like the pizza guy. They lose money on every ride, and it's because they have VC money to burn and because they're just yes. trying to, like... But still, even still, they're they're not paying their drivers enough, and fucking New York City drivers are killing themselves because this is just, like, a fucking form of slavery. It, it just it all just top to bottom doesn't work, it, which is, as you point out, it's just so crazy. Why doesn't it work? Well, I mean, it works, I suppose, to a certain extent for the customer. Um, it works for the customer. And- until the monopoly until the monopoly is achieved it works pretty well for the customer i mean we're the ones but i mean we're the ones getting very cheap uber rides or at least before the pandemic we're getting cheap uber rides uber you know employees are getting tons of money but these contractors are just getting fucking hosed because they're again they're being treated by as slaves by both sides you know i i i i'm trying to stop taking lifts and ubers as much as I, I mean now i haven't taken one for months but like even before that i was trying to stop i started driving to the airport and parking so i wouldn't fucking wow. i just i just don't feel good i mean and you know it's necessary or whatever and it's true cabs that was a business that should have been disrupted it was like corrupt and bad and all that sort of shit and you actually if you look into the taxi cab medallion shit there was like all sorts of shady shit going on that you can't blame on uber it was like a fucked industry but again that doesn't mean you should you know fuck it over even more with with, a, with an even worse one yeah well so there's a hypothetical version of uber that would just charge a little more and actually be a profitable business is is that theoretically possible uh versus whatever they've been trying of having all the backing of the vcs that want them to achieve a monopoly and so it's way cheaper than it should be theoretically i mean well why did we think that like cab the like, cabs were expensive that's why people didn't take them unless you had yeah. to for, but like for why me, did we like, think that that money wasn't going to like you know was yeah like, inefficiently being spent when a lot of the times that was just like at most a small cabal of like one guy who owned a bunch of a fleet of taxi cabs but nobody there was getting extravagantly wealthy unless that cabal was big enough yeah and i don't for me a lot of the appeal of uber was less the price and more the convenience that yeah, it was completely was good yeah and a if lot of times I it could, was expensive if i could get taxi cabs that way then who knows well but, i was starting to take uh, lax i was starting to take cabs instead of uber until they did you know because shit was so fucked with the and this is why they did that thing where you take the you know, you take the shuttle to like the cab to the Uber yard or whatever the fuck. Uh, but it, like it was so clogged up getting into LAX. Ubers would yeah. take 20 minutes. No, no, LA, LAX cabs. is an Uber. LAX is an Uber nightmare. Um, Apparently it's, not right now. It, That's great. Well, yeah, now it's probably uh, now it's probably great. I mean, yeah, you'll die of coronavirus, but you know, you're going to wait at all. Imagine fly, flying right uh, now. But hold on. Because so I do want to talk about one one insightful little window that you might have into the digital restaurant. Mm. Uh, platform okay. industry, Ethan. Yes. Uh, so I don't know if our listeners know this because you don't talk about it that much, at least to my knowledge. But Ethan used to work at Yelp. Yes, I did. Uh, Ethan worked at Yelp, and then Ethan saw the shady practices of one company of, of Yelp. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and then Ethan, I don't, can you tell the story, Ethan? 
Yeah, I don't give a shit. They actually tried to get me. Yes, I love this. They, they tried to get yes. me to uh, <laughs> sign a document, sign an NDA for two thousand bucks, um, and I just said no. It's not worth it to me. <laughs> he walked out. Tell the full like... story because it tells a pretty good like origin for Ethan. Didn't you get like fired, or they wanted to fire yeah. you because you were doing podcasts? Yes, that's exactly what happened. I was doing uh, Hoop Speak Live. Um, <laughs> <laughs> with Beckley Mason uh, Beckley. and what up, Beckley? and uh, I, I just did a podcast with Beckley on, oh, on the house of Strauss. So I, at that time it was the NBA lockout. So I took a job with Yelp. I needed to do something and I was in quality control. So my job was to look and see if there were fraudulent restaurant reviews, whether those restaurant reviews were positive and the company was making a bunch of fake accounts of, you know, great restaurant, wonderful. <laughs> good restaurant. <laughs> Love. Good service, good atmosphere. Oh, so much great uh, <laughs> goulash. Yeah, porridge, perfect porridge. It's a taco no. place. <laughs> So no burrito restaurant. We don't serve porridge. Best gazpacho <laughs> in all of Chinese food. Um, so yeah, so a bunch of you're supposed to figure it out if there are a bunch of fake uh, reviews from the same IP address. That's an obvious tell, or if there were a bunch of uh, negative reviews from an enemy who is just mm. trying to tarnish one's a reputation. Rival restaurant, yeah. And so that well, was my job. It was pretty boring uh, to just see what was what and so which aspect of this do you want me to get into do you want I me to get into going. yeah well for one you have the the fraud that you exposed or that you found in this system it's a <laughs> i mean i don't look okay so i get into how i got fired first is i don't know it's amusing um i asked my direct manager if during lunchtime once a week i could do a podcast maybe twice a week maybe more than that <laughs> Uh, do a live video cast and she said yeah sure you know just uh, you can use and there are a bunch of unused offices so I would go into uh, this office I'd close the door I would do the uh, Hoop Speak Live and I was doing it one day and her boss who was named coincidentally David Lee the same name of a former Warriors player <laughs> stormed in you know kind of interrupting the Hoop Speak Live was like what are you doing and I said, I'm just doing a like a video cast. Like, oh, okay. And he's almost flustered. And I believe that this guy was watching me take my laptop and go into this office and close the door on a semi-regular basis and <laughs> thought I might be doing something completely different. Well, you were just jerking off and you were taking your laptop at the same time every day to go jerk. <laughs> Well, I'd close the office door behind me, and I wasn't yeah. working with anybody on any particular to project. Give yourself a five star review. <laughs> <laughs> so then that leads to the discovery that this guy, and, you know, there's a lot of fear about leaking any information. Um, you know, there's just a lot of fear about intellectual property hmm. in the tech world. And so this is how this guy discovers that. I had uh, I was doing a fucking video podcast from the premises of Yelp and completely freaked out about it. Um, my manager, who had told me I can do this, pretended like she hadn't said that. Oh no! Um, it was interesting just to see. Yeah, it was just interesting to see how it all worked. Now, I'm not one of those people, hopefully, who blames everybody else when when you get fired. It sounds suspicious. Mm -hmm. it, it really does. 
I, I don't think I was conveying a, a lot of commitment to Yelp. I, <laughs> no? The there was a white elephant. Were, you were there, doing a, video cast or you're yeah, like... Yeah, yeah. There, there was a white elephant exchange. I didn't show up at any gifts. I <laughs> didn't do any of the social events that mm. they that they were doing. You know, I wasn't bought in. I wasn't, culture fit is really important to Yelp, Ethan. Yes, and I very just... culture. I was good at my job. I mean, I, I nailed the part of my job that was in front of me. It wasn't very difficult. So... I, I was good at that, but these other aspects, I, and they knew that I had taken, they asked me in the interview, they knew that I was doing this because of the NBA lockout. So that was the death knell for me. They put me on some program where um, they they made up some benchmark that I had to reach. <laughs> and it was frustrating because they wouldn't just fire me. They want you to quit. You know, I had a friend in HR at the time and said, yeah, mm -hmm. they, they want you to quit so you're not really afforded certain benefits. And so the way they do that is by just setting a benchmark you can't possibly achieve and just pretty put, <laughs> pretty much putting you on an island where you go into work every day feeling this overwhelming sense of dread uh, that <laughs> you know you're a dead man walking and in theory, you're supposed to pedal really fast right. to keep your job and to work, you know, even harder, um, which I did. Us. Prove it to us, Ethan. Prove, <laughs> yeah. prove that you're a good Yelpacin, Yelpa to citizen. <laughs> what are they? But nobody's, Yelp? but nobody's emailing you. You're not getting emailed about anything. Nobody's oh, talking boy. to you. And at, and at a certain point, I just had to, I just had to force, force the issue and just go, look, do I still work here? And that's when I got pulled into the the firing meeting. Um, <laughs> it's, it's like, can you just tell me? Like, this is you know. And then I could, I got, I got properly, I got properly fired. Um, and <laughs> try to even remember it. And they they really tried to give me the sales pitch to sign the NDA as a you know two thousand dollars. You get two thousand dollars if you sign the NDA. And I just said I don't. No, no, thank you. I, I don't want to do that. I want to be able to uh, say anything I want about my experience here. I'm a uh, journalist, ma'am. I am a journalist. <laughs> I just like pull out the. My... Oh, you thought I was a Yelp employee? <laughs> it's not a very good one. I take out the visor. It's like this just sir, became I've, an interview, <laughs> sir. I've been working for menu pages this whole time. <laughs> so, yeah. So. <laughs> Um, so that was it. That was it for me at Yelp. Um, but wait, but, yeah. but, but it was this weird tech dystopian introduction because they introduce it to you as it's so like cool here. Ago, right? This is like 10 years ago. Yelp or no, it's, yeah, this ago? is 2011. So it's Jeez. like, it's so cool here. You know, we've got a keg on the top floor. <laughs> and if you want to take a break, we've got this ping pong table. You can go play ping pong when you want a little break. They do this where yeah. they try to make it seem like a campus. They do this at Google, obviously. You know, I live near yeah, Pixar. That's Pixar, yeah. And live in I walk by college forever. I walk by Pixar. They've got a soccer field and basketball hoop. And back <laughs> when I would walk by it, I would never see anybody using it. Where's and this that? was the case at Yelp, where nobody actually did this shit no, just, because you would you're supposed to work yourself to the yeah, bone. Just a full set of Garage Band festering in the corner with like black <laughs> widows fucking growing inside of it. <laughs> Yeah, so you're not supposed to do that. You would be judged. I once did play ping pong with uh, the guy who, who was uh, next to me, uh, and he was a really nice guy, and he worked next to me in our little, uh, not a cubicle, but it's open floor plan. Um, but I just learned a lot about, I learned a lot about the tech culture at that time. The engineers were a plane above us. We were, uh, 
so far beneath them and but yet it was open floor plan so i was just sort of observing our masters from <laughs> 15 feet away um and i i also realized the fundamental lesson which is that everybody working there believed in it they believed in yelp by the way i like yelp i use yelp but they yeah, believed in yelp a good time. yeah yeah yelp is useful for some yeah they they believed in yelp they didn't think that the reviews were fraudulent and yet i knew as somebody in charge of quality control, a very simple rule, very simple, which is if it was one of our advertisers and the reviews were fraudulent, don't do shit. Like you, it would have to be the most mm. egregious example of fraud, the most egregious example of fraud for you to do anything. And then this was in the positive. Obviously, if some, if like an yeah. enemy restaurant was posting negative things, you would whip those down in a second. But if they exactly. were an advertiser and there was like clearly yeah. fraudulent, like five star reviews, they were five yes. star on themselves from their same IP address, you would not touch it. Exactly. And mm -hmm. there was never any email directing me to do this, but everybody who was working with me knew. We all knew. And it just shows you that incentives tend to work to quote charlie munger uh if you want to tell me i don't know some shit about how incentives were ha happened i don't know i don't remember the charlie yeah. munger quote well, the funny thing is like this is like <laughs> jokes let me, let me find that quote yeah, but this is like joke on yelp like i've like been using i feel my i feel like i'm pretty fluent in yelp and like i know like i'm pretty there's like the subtleties of Yelp. like if somebody just picked up yelp right now i think it would be almost useless to them but having used it for like 10 years i can drop into a new city and kind of get a sense for like what feels like because eventually in every city all Yelp reviews tend to be around like three and a half to four stars. Like, show me the show me the incentives, and I will show you the outcome. Is mm, the uh, mm -hmm. the very succinct quote by Charlie? Yeah, Munger. totally. But but, um, but but the but the irony of this wait, is that I yeah. never go to places unless I like have been recommended it through a different source. I never go to, to anywhere that's promoted on Yelp because to me mm. it's a sign of of corruption. Of, yeah, of corruption. Yeah, and like it's an obvious sign of corruption. But it, this is the techno utopianism, the naivete, this belief that we can have this obvious fucking conflict of interest and it won't be a conflict of interest. I mean, good fucking God, you do the reviews as the arbiters of quality and you're getting money from certain restaurants and you believe you've built to use a term of art, a Chinese wall between those right, two yeah, things course, that yeah. doesn't, that doesn't work. It's like uh, the mortgage backed securities. It's like uh, the big investment banks where they were advising on which companies to invest in. And they were also investing in companies and insisting that there was a Chinese wall between those two ventures. No, the incentives will do their job. They will do their job without anybody being too specific about what needs to happen. Uh, this is somewhat related, but I, I met this uh, this really cool, awesome like woman who worked for a very big tech company, uh, and she had recently quit because she couldn't take it anymore. But she was like high up; she was like head of their marketing or whatever. And she ended up in a meeting with Sheryl Sandberg with for fa for Facebook uh, because they were like talking about advertising on Facebook. And and Sheryl Sandberg basically they they gave them this whole pitch that like your company which I, I guess I won't name or whatever to protect my sources because I'm a journalist now too, I guess, or something. Mm. But but how would you how would you and your company like to be the biggest advertiser on Facebook? We can make that happen. We can make it happen. And, which is like yeah. insane. Because it's like, like we're giving By you the way. permission to spend more money on Facebook than anyone else. We're giving you permission to give yeah. us more money than anyone else in the world.
Congratulations. Yes. Congratulations. Yeah. You can give us more money. Well, that's when you need to close the sale, you need to use what you have. Isn't I mean, this crazy? was an issue with Yelp where they would the different culture also the cultural tranches are interesting you have the engineering culture and then the sales people were on a different floor and they were all the frat bros who had now graduated into doing this and <laughs> to close a sale of course they're going to intimate to these companies that they're going to get better reviews when they get you know when they pay yelp to do it i mean that's what they're going to use that's the obvious thing you would use as a lure and so, yeah, it's completely corrupting. It's a complete conflict of interest, and it's going to do the job of the conflict of interest. Yeah, I guess it's just, it's just how this shit is. All right, I, I, last topic, last topic. Um, so a regu- another, a big regulation uh, initiative is happening right now in Australia. Uh, and, and this, I think this is really interesting. So Australia is trying to regulate Facebook and Google by essentially, and, and, uh, you know, Australia, which has a huge news culture. Are you aware of this? Did you know about this? That oh, Australians, oh, come on, you know, you think about, I don't okay. know about that. Look, man, Australia, I, I love, I love Australia. I love the Australians, uh, big basketball fan community out there, mm-hmm. big basketball fan community. Um, and it freaked me out a little bit when it looked like I, I couldn't get my book down there because oh. yeah, they've got, yeah, they punch above their weight. You think we got some Australian listeners? Uh, Probably. Let us, know. let us know. If you're listening yeah. down under, let us know. Or New Zealand. Andrew, New Zealand. Andrew Bogut. Andrew yeah, Bogut, Bogut. Are you listening? Yeah, Bogut. Uh, Bogut. Give us a, give us a holler, my man. Bogut's <laughs> taking the red pill, right? That's his. <laughs> <laughs> no, he takes it every day. Every, every day. day. Every day. Like, do you need to take the red pill more than once? <laughs> To be bogan man, big guy like that, yeah, dude. You gotta take more multiple, than one. You gotta take multiple red one. pills. Yeah. yeah, just somebody, I take baby. I don't know I what's going on culturally. It's like a known thing that I have a good rapport with him, <laughs> and it's like something that, it's like a source. Of, it, it, it's a weird thing where I almost need to grapple with it and explain it to people because he's politically, what's the term I'm looking for? Um, Based in red pill. He's based in red pill. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. It's no, it's it's like, a. No, but Bogan seems great, right? It seems like I don't know. He's a good I mean, guy. I enjoy hanging out with Bogan. <laughs> didn't he go, Didn't you guys go to see Jordan Peterson together or something? We did. Uh, we chanted. We we, we chanted. Uh, clean your room. Clean your no. That didn't happen. <laughs> oh man, that guy flew out, right? Fucking. Crazy. He did. That guy flew too close to the sun. Yeah, that Jordan Peterson. Yeah. I never was into the whole. I, I I don't know. I found I I found the whole thing more interesting from the perspective of who showed up to that event yeah, yeah. than anything he was saying. All he was doing was just riffing. He was just riffing for like a like an hour and a half. And now that I know that he was on uh, Kalanapin, I mean, it makes more sense. I mean, look, I'm not saying that glibly. I hope he deals with his addiction issues. Yeah, uh, you back, know, yeah. but it's like it is oh, okay. It's a I little funny got, looking back on it to just back. think this dude was just really high. The whole I mean, time. Professor, how high are you? Well, Ecclesiastes once said, (laughs) I'm tripping balls, baby. (laughs) All right. So in Australia, big news culture, love Australia. uh, They they recognize that uh, journalism is being fucking fucking raped by Facebook and Google. And so they're trying to do something about it. 
And and also just to point it out that uh, you know a ton of layoffs happened last week in media. Like Vice laid off a ton of people. The Economist laid off a ton of people. Quartz is like on its last legs. Like tons of fucking layoffs in media last week. It's a bloodbath. It's a bloodbath. And uh, so and it's it's, I don't know why we're even like debating this or something. It's just and you saw tons of people debating. This is not because of Facebook. It's because these places failed to innovate. I was like, mm. fucking, it's assholes. It's so obvious what's going on. So Australia is actually maybe doing something about it. And so they've put out, basically proposed a bunch of reforms or, or proposed a method by which this can be you know, mitigated. And part of it is they're proposing a bunch of collective bargaining proposals, which are very interesting. Uh, like, for example, the ability for all of Australia's newspapers to boycott essentially like where they all are or none a boycotting plan where if they feel like they're not getting a good deal from Facebook and from Google, that all of them would just withhold all like being able to share uh, and posting news articles on those sites. But I think what people are kind of like circling around is this idea that Facebook and Google should just pay licensing fees essentially to be allowed to host links to newspaper articles. Uh, and uh, I know you like it in spirit. I know you like it in spirit. Yeah. You you like anything that anybody jabbing their finger in the eye of Facebook Love is it. good. Yeah. Um, and so I, I understand that. Um, but I don't know if that's the solution. I just don't know. Yeah, I, and, that's fine because I do know. I do. I am an expert. <laughs> okay. No, no. I mean, I'm joking. But also, well, to me, I think this is – I don't – it's weird because this is not a good solution, which everybody thinks, right? It, but it's the only one that has been – it's the only one available to us because of the, the position that hey, these companies have hey, put us in. why can't governments move fast and break things? I, 100%. Like, to me, like, the, the this is the position that Facebook and Google have put us in. And if they don't like it, it's because this is what they've done. If they want to – work on things on their own terms, then they need to pay this. They need to pay their way. Otherwise these things are just going to die to me. I think that it's much, we should just get to the root of all this and just make it. So, so one theory that I like is that we should just ban these platforms from having business in advertising at all, which I Mm. think makes sense. But to me, I think you just, I still think we just ban targeted advertising. I think targeted targeted advertising should just be made illegal, and it solves all. What do you What do you think of the New York Times uh, potentially profiting off targeted advertising? Yeah, so same thing. Where I like get it, like that's what they have to do in order to survive. This is how they become a a, like a major player. But no, make they have to have such a they have to have such a just, I mean, valuable backlog of their of their user base of the type of people who subscribe to the New Mm -hmm. York Times. I mean, that is a consumer. That's a consumer you want, I would assume. I guess, yeah, but like, fuck this. Why are we orienting everything towards advertisers? And it's like we're completely losing sight of because we like we... cheap shit. We like things cheap. I mean, that's that's a lot of it. I mean, you you pay for your attention because you don't want to pay you don't want to pay in dollars. That's how it works. I mean, but now we're moving towards these subscription models. You know, we're moving towards people paying for Spotify. We're moving towards people realizing that they need to pay for things if they want it to be good. If you don't want to pay for shit, you're gonna get you know garbage like syncing up. Ah, you said the name of the podcast of the podcast. I guess to have a one to many experience though, it typically. Typically, it's going to be harder to achieve with a subscription model, um, and it's just, yeah, you get the most reach. You get the most reach when you're doing it based on ads. 
That's fine. Like Joe Rogan. Yeah. Like Joe Rogan. Cat Cat was able to capture such an audience. Relative. So then have. The but that's get. his advertising experience is fine. So have a clunky experience where I do we do ad reads for like a fucking form of charcoal or whatever the fuck Rogan <laughs> does. You know what I mean? Like you're gonna love this fucking charcoal. It's the best charcoal on the market. Is Mark Marin still? Is Mark Marin still doing his ad reads? Is Mark Marin still going? Yeah. Well, dude, his girlfriend just died, man. I've been meaning to. Whoa. I, I don't know if he did a has done an episode on it yet but yeah dude super fucking sad he just started what? dating this this woman like they've been together for like a year or so uh she's like a direct she's like a mumblecore director like a like a fairly well-known mumblecore director uh and she just like out of nowhere passed away isn't that wow. so sad yeah man i wanted to make fun of his ad reads i know well, not right now maybe next episode okay. uh, yeah lynn yeah. shelton his, his girlfriend uh yeah i know i was really sad to me too i don't know if he's in an episode on it yet or whatever but anyway do you feel like he's lost traction in the culture that he was somebody that spotify would have penciled in like back when Um, he got like obama yeah yeah it seems like he maybe we'll end on this um why did mark Marin have a, a a bit of a rise in i'm assuming petering out but maybe i'm just so divorced uh, from the no, culture. I mean, well i think i'm sure he's he has like a very you know reliable listener base and you show i mean his guests are great you check in on Marin, and every once in a while he's got somebody that you're like you know same sort of thing i mean i think that's the other thing about doing this kind of atomized media is you know how long can you listen to somebody like rogan how long can you listen to these people without being like ready for something new whereas mm-hmm. for me like creatively like the show-based model of like yeah have a show for a few seasons and then you know kill it and try something do something new do a new project you know i think that's well, the way to be a, to be sustainable as an artist it's it's hard because sometimes you, when you're trying to grow and evolve the audience doesn't want it you know one of the reasons why yeah. i do this with you is because i have the urge to do it and i don't necessarily think that the other things i'm providing customers with should include this mm-hmm. that this should be something where if they want to come do it and enjoy it they can because right, yeah. i think as i think about how marin he started doing a lot of music and having a lot of musicians on and i just tuned out yeah. there were too many of those episodes it, it just wasn't that's not what i was going there for yeah. i was going there to hear from stand-ups yeah. that's that's what i was there for yeah that is a tragedy of, of an of artists is, is being condemned to your own success and that's not something you know that's not a problem of social media or any media that i think that's something that just will always be the case where people like you doing that one thing and if you stop doing that one because maybe because it's a thing that you are really good at whether or not you like it and a lot of artists yeah. go go mad become suicidal hate that kind of stuff or they just accept it and they do it and then they you know steve martin plays the banjo or whatever you know what i mean yeah like i think that is something that you have to come to grips with but yeah tell us about the warriors ethan tell us about the warriors (laughs) i don't care what you think about tech i don't care what you think about the ball game (laughs) well did what happened when you tried to do baseball remember you've been flirting with doing you were like i quit basketball i'm gonna do baseball oh it it went well like i I, I got I got good responses and um, I enjoyed going to the games. I I learned from uh, from doing it, but there just isn't that interest. The A's just have completely uh, demolished their fan base. There just aren't enough people who care. <laughs> they went out there and into the streets like Duterte. They murdered them. They went out like Duterte <laughs> and just murdered them. That's insane. Every tenth A's why, fan. Why are people just arbitrarily about this? the A's arbitrarily them. killed? It's crazy. <laughs> 
I mean, it is a strange, strange scene. It's so corroded. It's so gross, that stadium. And it mm. was once great. And it's only time that's done it and the lack of upkeep. Mm. And they have a lot of legends who hang out there, formerly famous great baseball players every now and again. And I just wonder what they think of it all. They're mm. like they're like in the ruins of a coliseum where they were once great gladiators. Yeah. And yeah, it's Well, because they still set. want to get that hit of what it once was, right? And, and now they're the not paying. They can get it. Now, now the A's aren't paying their taxes. They, they've uh, really? shorted $1.2 million. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm completely serious. That's really funny. Yeah. So, yeah, there wasn't um, – I felt like the stuff I wrote did pretty well, but it seemed like you had to do so well to get the kind of response and readership that you would get from uh, just writing about the Warriors. And mm. I tried different exper- experiments. I loved getting into NBA gambling. They're just – I learned from that that NBA gambling is more niche then I thought maybe I was on the vanguard and yeah, I was surprised first mover more, yeah, more first mover advantage. But I think I learned, I tried my best with it and I just didn't, I didn't get into this little new oil well that I had hoped for, which that's a lot of, that's a lot of whatever it is I do is trying certain things and some of them don't work. Yeah, yeah. And then the thing that does work feeds your family. Yeah. Uh, well, why don't we end with this? We'll end with something new. Ethan, do you mind if I plug a project? Sure. Is that cool with you? Yeah. Is that acceptable? Yeah, it's, uh, you know, I mean, the more you ask me, the more I wonder uh, if it's going to be uh, something I don't want to be affiliated uh, or associated with. So it's I this mean. new racist podcast I have. It's called, <laughs> it's called Austrian Racist, and it's, it's, this, it's this Austrian character I have who just... He just, he just Austrian racist. Austrian racist. That's, that's such like a weird basic title. <laughs> the Jews? Uh, <laughs> I'll tell you something about the Jews. What the, accent is that? The Jews? I'll tell you something yeah. about the Jews. It's kind of a French one. <laughs> I like the idea of like a self-hating, like ultra anti-Semitic Catskills comedian. I like the idea of that. If you could shift the accent. Right, let, me tell you, let me tell you about the Jews. Jews like me. I, 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 we shouldn't have been allowed to have Israel. Let me tell you. Let me just say it right now. Destabilize the Middle East. Yeah. I'm just picturing a man bombing in the Catskills for no reason. Some man bombing the Catskills for no, no reason. Bombing. bombing. Bombing the Catskills? They're driving a plane over the Catskill resorts. Just an awesome... Get to the thing you were going to get to. Take, get to the thing you are going to The Jews. Uh, take, take this, Jews. And then he just drops an atom bomb. Take this. Take- the, the Jews. Jews. Take this, <laughs> the Jews. <laughs> he drops a bomb. Uh, no, I got a new podcast that I've been working on uh, called Wonder Cop. I don't even think I've played it for you. Or I don't know. There's a second episode is just dropped. I make it with uh, our friend Zach Poitras, the other guy Dan Abramson. It's like a fun. It's like a fun little semi-scripted, improvised comedy podcast thing called Wonder Cop that I think is fun and I think our listeners might enjoy. It's just like a comedy thing. Anyways, if you want to check it out, it's free to subscribe for all. It's just another little side project I've been doing during Corona. Uh, and I think it's funny. I play a, an alcoholic detective. Zach plays a robot. You'd be good at the alcoholic detective. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, this is uh, this Well, is you a... got that gravel. Yeah, you got, got that gravel. Voice. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, and, yeah. Yeah, check it out, Wonder Cop. Uh, Ethan, thank you for letting me plug and sell out on the podcast. Yeah, uh, leave me five star reviews for the Victory Machine on Amazon. Right, that helps yeah, me. I'll do that algorithmically. Yeah, let's Al- let's get those algorithms to work in our favor this time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we can sell out. Yeah. Do the hundred million dollar oh, deal. Please, Spotify, just give me a hundred million dollars. 
Just a hundred. Just a hundred. Hey, if Spotify gave me a hundred million dollars, uh, it could be an even bigger splash of a story. That's of what true. The if fuck. you want to make the news, you want to make news, <laughs> give Ethan <laughs> me a hundred million dollars. Oh, and not even to do anything. I think, it'd just... dri- I think that would drive the news cycle for sure. <laughs> we had to be first to market on Ethan. <laughs> they sell the ringer. They just get you. <laughs> Fuck the ringer. We have Ethan now. Fuck the ringer. Uh, Ethan, uh, all right, man. Good, good talking to you, dude. Good talking with you too, man.